0: To another episode of the Parent Network Podcast. As you already know, I am your host, Ashley Aights. And today I am joined here with an amazing mother, woman, entrepreneur all of the many hats that she wears, Dominique Holton. And I'm going to let her talk to y'all in a bit, but I just want to kind of introduce her to you all because that's what we do here when we have guests on the Parent Network podcast. She is a woman who empowers women in leadership to unlock their true identity and burst through in natural confidence. She is a mom of Three boys, so she is a boy mom. Shout out to all of the boy moms because my teen lamb, it is not easy, Mm-mm-mm. but it's worth it. <laughs> so that's just a little bit about Dominique. As you heard on the intro, you can follow her, find her. On social media platforms, but I want to bring our guest in. She is going to talk to us about who she is, so she's going to introduce herself. Dominique, welcome to the Parent Network Podcast. Go on ahead and introduce yourself to the people.
1: Hello everyone. I am Dominique Harton from the Boot Boo Boo <laughs> from Louisiana. I am the owner of Confidence Academy, where I function as a mental health consultant and also a confidence development coach. I am also a licensed counselor, and as Ashley stated, a boy mom of three boys. They're all five years apart, y'all. So guess what? I have to teach myself confidence building, not just everybody else,
0: that boy mom lifestyle is it's amazing um it's amazing i really feel like i can tell now like who has just all boys and who have boys and girls are all girls it's just this aura this this this, this stance, this being that moms have when they have all boys versus all <laughs> girls or mixed kids. So thank you so much, Dominique, for just introducing yourself, being on today's podcast. So we're going to jump right into the conversation on today. Um, we just want to kind of just chat around, um, all things motherhood, all things womanhood, um, touch on a little bit of mental health because you are heavy, heavy, heavy knowledgeable in that field, and I want the people to just be able to tap into a little bit of the knowledge that you have. So let's just start off with the motherhood journey. Talk to us about what that has looked like for you. And here's one question that I want you to kind of touch on: If you feel like in your childhood, what you received has been beneficial to your parenting journey, or do you just feel like you've throwing the whole thing in a trash can? You're starting over, grassroots, learning, reparenting,
1: all the things. Talk to us. Girl, first of all, um, I'm glad you want me to touch on that. It's because of my childhood experience that I take so much joy in being an actual parent i love being a mom i don't care how ghetto mom life is i am honored to be a mother and the reason why i'm honored to be a mother is because i had a traumatic childhood (laughs) it was it was it was dysfunctional i was raised by my great aunt, two of my great aunts and my uncle and my mom wasn't around. She would come around when she felt like it. And I didn't meet my biological father until I was 23 years old. Now, my mom's best friend, he stepped in as my father and, you know, he cared for me throughout my life. But it, it, it was I always felt like I didn't fit in growing up and I was made to fit like I didn't fit in. Um, They my family never let me not know that I, you know, was like them. I was definitely always set apart, and so um, I understood what a healthy childhood looked like because two of my best friends that I grew up with, they had both their parents, and I spent a lot of time at their houses, and I got to see how their parents parented them, and I also got to see what it was like to be like a, a, basically a normal child. And so I was able to take pieces from what I saw so I can understand what normal was or normal childhood was. And so when I became when I found out I was pregnant in 2012, I was intimidated at first. But then I had to restructure my mind. And this was way before. uh, Well, no, I was a counselor at the time. (laughs) I was about to say this was way before counseling. Um, I had to restructure my, my brain around. Parenting and around me failing as a parent, and I ha- I had to think positive, but I have debunked everything that I've ju- I've debunked everything that I have personally experienced. I threw it completely out of the window, and I honestly just take it one day at a time. I have once again I have three kids, and from. What I hear from others, I'm doing an amazing job. And so I don't take that praise lightly because I'm also having to reparent my inner child. So I I, and I think because I'm doing that along with parenting, I think that's what's making me successful in a moment. And I like it. (laughs) It's different because I'm having to reparent a little girl also while parenting three boys. But I like
0: it. I love that you said, I I like it. (laughs) Because it is, it's a journey. Um, It is such a journey when, as you said, what we experience in our own family dynamic versus, and I honestly think that this is the grace and the mercy of God. When Mm -hmm. he allows us to have glimpses of what he's always designed for it to be. And so he'll place us in certain environments that, allow for that to happen and then we have to go back to our own natural environment but we understand and know hey it's not supposed to be like this and you know I think that sometimes when we are functioning in the role of motherhood if we're not careful as you said some of those voices some of those memory replays will resurface to try to cause for us to feel like oh I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do or we will give them what we received knowing good and well that that was not the best. And so it is important um one of the things that you said was to debunk those things mm-hmm. to really cast down those thoughts in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I am a big big advocate for having those conversations with your kids, you know, like apologize, you know what I'm saying when you have a yeah. blow up, <laughs> yeah, because you were having a bad day or you were frustrated or whatever it is, it's not the child's fault. Quick story. Right. This week, I was very tired. I was very tired and um my 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 youngest son, you know, Caleb. He uh, he told me I said something to him, but I was very sharp and I was very short and I felt it. It wasn't disrespectful, but it was just like, I'm going to need you to let's go get to the point, you know, I'm, I'm tired, And he tells me it's not my fault that you're tired and you're frustrated. And now here's the thing. I didn't take offense to that because that's accountability. If we but are cost- teachers. It caught me off guard, but then it doesn't catch me off guard because honestly, sometimes I don't even know what's going to come out of Caleb's mouth because, you know, (laughs) the way that he's being raised, it's very different from how I was raised. That would have been deemed as disrespect. Disrespect. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? In our generation, with our parents, that would have been deemed as disrespect. And it's not, it's actually accountability because if I want the child. To speak to me a certain type of way, I cannot think because I'm authoritative that I have the right to do that to them. And a lot of people don't like that gospel of accountability um, and allowing your children to be accountable to you. But it's a thing. And we'll get more into that later on in the episode. But talk to us about some of just your journey in motherhood, the ups, the downs, the
1: ooh, mm-hmm all of that. <laughs> okay. So I started off parenting great. And the reason why I'm going to say that is because I was already out of college and I was already in my career. So when I had my first son, I didn't have any financial struggles. Um, So parenting was very fun. We I had a lot of fun with my first son. Um, And he's 10 years now, 10 years old now. We had a lot of fun. We would do a lot of things. We would go a lot of places because I wasn't the average single mom that had to struggle financially. But then I had child number two in 2018. I was okay until the pandemic happened. And since I lost everything, (laughs) I lost everything. I was highly impacted by it. And so for me, because it took me a long time to get back on my feet. For me, um, that was a direct impact on parenting mentally for me, emotionally for me. Because in my mind, all I can think of was I failed my kids because I couldn't keep a roof over their heads. You know, and so i comp it, I compared my parenting to my ability to provide, and it took me a very long time to understand that me physically providing is only a portion of what a mother is to her sons or to her children but it once again it took me a long time to get on my feet but it took me a very long time to understand that concept that is 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 more to it to, than just providing stability there's the spiritual aspect because am i nurturing their gifts am i making sure that they have a relationship with god am i pouring myself into them to assist them in evolving mentally and emotionally, especially because I'm a licensed therapist and I understand the ins and outs of mental health, you know, it's it's, it's more to it than that. And I had to understand that despite losing everything, because I had no control of the situation, it was the pandemic, that it did not strip me of being an amazing parent. And so now here on the flip side, I'm back, you know, everything is on the up and up again. And I sit back and I, I observe both of my, because the two older ones, I observe them and, you know, I ask questions and we sit down, you know, we joke. I might throw like. Questions in there about our season of loss just to see where they are, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually about that situation that occurred to us. And you know what I realized? I raised some resilient kids because they weren't even impacted by that the way I thought they were. <laughs> they they didn't. They're kids. And they just went along for the ride. It's us. As long your Mom as long as they were with Mom, they were okay, and so me, you know not being able to provide financially and having to pull on community for assistance, I was just like, Dominic, you tied your you tied your confidence to what you had in the natural, mm-hmm. you didn't even pay attention to the spiritual emotional and 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 mental aspects of who you were. You tied your entire worth to things that you had. And once you lost it, you had to remember the other aspects of who you are. The same way with my parenting. That's all I could do at the time. Spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. Because the natural, the physical was out. You know, so it's just, I, I just got to see myself. I got to see my kids from a different perspective. And although that was the most challenging time of my life it brought me and my kids closer. Not that we weren't closer before, but it's just, it's a different type of strength that you have to muster up when you literally lose everything and you're not the only person that you have to care for.
0: I, it's a few things that you said in there that I want to kind of just um, touch on. And you said you compared your parenting to your ability to be able to provide. And I think so many times um, in this journey of parenting, we come into it with this preconceived notion, this idea that it's supposed to look this way. And then when life starts lifing and things begin to happen, we automatically say, I'm no good or I'm not good because this level failed or this area of my life is challenging. And one of the things that I, I talk to both of my sons about is that as a human being, you're not a failure. Now you'll enter into situations where the situations may fail and then you have to learn how to pivot. What did you learn in that situation? And so when you said that, you know, you have the conversations and you ask them certain questions and you're like, okay, where's their mind? They showed you that, okay, as long as I'm with you, I'm safe. For me, it goes back to the whole trust versus mistrust, the nurture and the nature component where it's like, even though my environment may be chaotic around me, if I'm being poured into, if my love cup is being filled, if I'm being acknowledged as, you know, the the son or the daughter of my parent, then the external factors around me, they're not going to be as great. Because the person who is for me, raising me, with me, is protecting me. And so I, I love that you you noticed that, okay, listen, this is a time to build resiliency, not just within the children, but within myself. Because you said, now that you're on the other side of it, you know, everything is on the up and up. And I feel like mm-hmm. when we go through these journeys in these pockets, excuse me, in our parenting It also gives us wisdom. So kind of share with us um, what wisdom you received in this pocket. Because I literally think that parenting is a whole relationship and we're going to have highs, lows, valleys, peaks, all of the things, pockets in this Mm -hmm. parenting journey that show and reveal to us either what's within us, whether it's positive or negative and how Mm -hmm. we're to to heal or how to use that for our good. So kind of talk to us about the wisdom that you receive in that particular pocket of parenthood.
1: It's so funny that you mentioned uh, nature versus nurture. Uh, That's Eric Erickson. And so that is within the developmental stages. And so that's something I talk about a lot, the developmental stages. Um, It is what occurs in the, in between the ages of one to five. And so everything you've seen, everything you've heard, everything you've experienced, by the time you make it to age six, your belief system and your identity is already in place from what happened between the ages of one to five. And that's also through that nature versus nurture, um, you know, time frame, And so the wisdom that I gained which helped me to tap into my field was basically me understanding that because I took the time between the ages of one to five, that it, it you know, with, with one of them, with my oldest son, I did so much work with him in between the ages of one to five. So he was okay. At the time I had a two year old. And so I, I still was, in the developmental stages of, of nurturing and, 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 you know, helping him to identify who he is as an individual. So it, I can see now that I didn't miss a step with helping them to identify who they are. I did not miss a step. And so even though I thought I was in my head about not being able to provide for them physically, I still did the work, like I said, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally with them. So now when I ask questions on the other side, because we're okay now, the wisdom that I've gained from them was, you were never a horrible parent. You were never a horrible parent. You still were an amazing mother and you have some dope kids. Even in the midst of all types of adversity because we experienced a lot of highs, more lows than highs. I'm gonna be honest with you. We experienced more lows than highs. And I felt the I felt the heat. Let's say I felt the fire associated with all of that. And I thought that my kids felt the fire associated with all of that. But the wisdom that I've gained was you really were a mama bear in those moments you protected your kids you shielded your kids you still even though you felt you you were a broken vessel you still poured so much love into your kids like you still did everything right even though one aspect which is the physical the roof over the head the stability i didn't have that but i still did everything else right now yes stability is important how Ever, the other three aspects that I have been persistent in developing and maintaining within my kids, those are the things, those are the skills and the tools that's going to help them th- to navigate through life. And so for me, I just was like, so you really are adult parents. <laughs> you really are an amazing mother. And your kids are wise and you've given them the necessary tools that they're going to need because at any age a kid can experience things and so if i hadn't been present in providing them with building and evolving spiritually emotionally and mentally then they won't they won't have the skills to be able to handle them whenever mom is not around because they still have to go to school. They go places in the public and I am I ask questions. I always ask questions. And so once again, when I'm asking questions and I'm getting responses of ways that they've handled things, I'm just so proud of me because I know I taught them that. And I'm proud of them because they're so little and they understand how to handle tough situations.
0: I think that's dope because sometimes we just we don't give ourselves enough credit as moms, as single moms. We don't give ourselves enough credit. You know, society will say, you know, single moms, and they have the stigma attached to it. You hear single mom, and then boom, here comes a stigma. But honestly, yep. if we evaluate the situation, not many single moms desire to be a single mom. But at the end no. of the day, I you have- this life. And then the, the ones that do, God bless you. Um, right. <laughs> but for, for many single moms that I know and myself included, you know, it's not something that is, you know, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this by myself. It takes a whole other nature in you to be able to, as you said at the beginning, first of all, reparent yourself. Mm-hmm. Not parenting your children. While providing in all of those categories, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And being present for your own self and what you need and making sure that you're resting and making sure that you're taking time to be away and all of those things. It's so many nuances to parenting that if you do not stop and say, girl, Dude, you know, for my my father's, dude, you're doing it. You're doing Mm. it. You will be flushed under the weight of what you feel like you're supposed to do. And in one of the episodes, I talk about, you know, a parenting plan, what that looks like, a vision of what you desire, you know, parenting to look like. But you also have to learn that there are going to be pivots in it. And so what I heard through parts of your story is that you had to pivot. We had to pivot in some of those pockets. Often. And on the, yeah, often we have to pivot because there's nothing that's going to be perfect. I love structure. I love to plan. But at the end of the day, if something inserts itself in that day, in that week, in that month that I did not plan for, I can't sit here and have a whole fit because it did not yeah. go the way that I desired for it to go. I have to step back, yeah. pause. Because we do need to mm-hmm. say why. Because again, we, we're human. I always yes. want parents to understand that although you are in the role of parenting, you are still very much a man and a woman. And you're going to feel. Right. And so allow yourself to feel what you need to feel and then restructure. And so thank you for sharing with us just some of the pivot pockets that you had in mm. parenting. Now, I kind of want to just just curve this over now into the woman, Dominique. Talk to us about what womanhood has looked like for Dominique. Um, as a little girl, did you envision where you are now? Kind of share with us a little bit of that journey.
1: Ooh, the woman, Dominique. Shh, ew, Jesus, I don't even know where to start with that. <laughs> even, because I'm a, it's, listen. I've always known that I was a lot over the top and listen. <laughs> so maybe I should start in childhood. So in in childhood, which is funny. I think it's so funny because it's tied into my business. Um once again, I didn't have the best childhood. My great aunts and my they did the best they could. Um but It just wasn't ideal, you know. And so the child, Dominique, had to find ways to escape. And so the way I escaped was using colors. And so um, construction paper, stencils, colors, markers, color pencils. And so I just turned to art. I do not know how to draw, but I had stencils. And so I would create. A lot of artwork in my walls, in my room was literally filled with artwork that I created because that's what helped me to get away. Um, It's how I got my anger out. It's how I got my frustration out. It's how I got, you know, my hurt out, my disappointment out, my fears out. That was my way of of I guess that was my introduction into mental health (laughs) as a kid, because I understood that for me. Seeing different colors, it helped me to escape. Um, high school, I got into fashion. Um, and really, I had to work. I, I, I started working when I was 16. And so, it, once again, it wasn't an ideal situation, so I started working. Well, no, I used to do hair. As a kid, I used to do hair. And so that's that's how I was able to, you know, provide then. But then once I got in high school and I got my first job at a grocery store, that's when I was able to get involved in fashion. And I love fashion. But high school wasn't making that much. Back then, minimum wage was five twenty-five, So my checks probably would be like $80. <laughs> <laughs> no. But then college. But
0: $80 um, back then is totally different than $80 I, now.
1: <laughs> girl. Jokes. Duh, ooh, Jesus Christ. So... You know, I got to college, and although I attended a PWI, it was a culture shock to me. <laughs> it was a culture shock to me. But still, every stage and every step in my life, I used colors. Um, as a child, the same way I processed fear, hurt, anger, disappointment, pain, I used colors to overcome. And so that's really what I've done throughout my entire life. And so now the woman, Dominique, I have structured it to where I understand that colors is a a part of psychology. And the reason why I was, I think I thought I had an obsession with colors, but that's not what it is. I just, I, I didn't know then that I understand now that Is because psychology has always been at the forefront of my heart and I just, I didn't notice it, but I have to have colors in my life. And the reason why I have to have colors in my life is because they help me to determine who I am and how I feel at the moment. And depending on what color I'm interested at that moment, it lets me know what personality characteristics I need to enhance or remove and the reason why is because I found out in grad school that there is such thing as color psychology and that colors have positive and negative meanings and so the woman Dominique, heavily relies on colors because I get to I get to be myself through fashion but at the same time I get to understand others I get to understand my kids it's you would be amazed at how I can identify personality traits in myself and in others depending on what they're wearing, <laughs> what color they're wearing. And so um, I didn't have a lot of confidence as a kid, but I did as a teenager. Um, I think around the age of 16 is when I started to be real bold and real confident in I can't live my life without it now. I can't. Confidence is my safe place. Colors are my safe place. And so I structure my life around those two things. Um, Once again, with Ill- healing my inner child and to go deeper into the color situation. For the longest, until I was like in my late 30s, Um, my favorite color was turquoise. And I never knew why. Mm-hmm. And so in psychology, I learned that turquoise meant it's a color for inner healing. Mm-hmm. And so I hadn't mm-hmm. entered the active process yet. And so once I entered the active healing process and I healed, my favorite color changed. I am a pink girl now. <laughs> and what I learned by being a pink girl is because I never had a chance to be a little girl, to wear mm. the cute dresses, to have the princess theme rooms or the princess theme parties, I can do it as an adult. So, the woman Dominique is a powerhouse, but she has to have her confidence and her colors.
0: <laughs> I love that. I do, because we just, we talk, we've talked a lot about, you know, that inner child and what that looks mm-hmm. like, and you know, for me, when we were introduced to one another, I didn't realize, you know, about the whole color scheme and things of that nature. And no, I started I to, I started to do that research. You know, like, okay, yeah. Ashley, you know, why do you like the colors that you like? Why do you deem this as your favorite color? You know, all of those different things. And it's a color, and you are powerful, so that makes yes. sense. I love, I, I but the, the the crazy thing is, y'all. 2021 was the first, and I've been getting my nails done for a very, very, very long time. And 2021 was the first year that I ever wore red nails. I just, I never liked red on my Uh. nails, but something changed in 2021 and baby, that red
1: was popping. (laughs) And I wore that red. Our religious background, we were taught to think that red was the color of Jezebel. Oh, child, I didn't even
0: associate it with that. It was just like, it's just so loud. It's just so loud.
1: Really? Yes. Girl, we were conditioned since, I maybe you don't remember, but we had, because that's in, like an international thing in the black community. Red is the color of Jezebel. And if you wearing her, you are a loose Chell. woman. Che- well, well, I was, so people- I was free. <laughs> People stay away from red nails and red dresses and red lips because they don't want to be associated with Jezebel. I'm telling you, you just don't remember. No, I don't remember. Child, child. Associated- I wear red
0: lipstick now. That one Red is one of my favorites. I remember buying some red heels, and they was cute, too. I think it was like my 23rd birthday. I had them in this little black dress, <laughs> and I had these red pumps, and I got them from Victoria's Secret. I'm so mad that they don't sell shoes anymore, but that's neither here nor there. But yes, um, healing that inner child is so important and it it does Mm -hmm. take a lot of work in parenting, but it's not impossible.
1: It's it's not not.
0: impossible. And Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that I have been learning on this, this journey, even for myself of reparenting the little girl and even in therapy, you know, my therapist, she would say, you know, where are you now? Because, you know, you Mm -hmm. have to enter into these safe spaces. And I'm like, Girl, I'm good. <laughs> I'm on the beach, you know. I'm in the sand. I'm playing because, again, it's something that you said. Never having that environment to do that in childhood, now in adulthood, you have to be intentional with creating these environments to do that. And so, the the youngest one, he 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 likes to be outside. I mean, I always say I don't know what part of heaven God brought him from, but he came. To to bust some things open in my life, I literally say that he pushed purpose out of me because I yeah. found myself in a complacent state, and I was also just in a state of discontentment. Honestly, I, the the relationship, you know, was toxic, and I was going to settle. Woo, I was going to settle. But well, God, he was like, "No, baby." <laughs> I didn't build you that way. I didn't build you that way. And so you're going to struggle, but I'm with you. And I think that for those of us who do believe in God, and even if you don't, just hear the wisdom in this, that it's important to rely on the source for me. I know Mm -hmm. for you, Dominique, God is the ultimate source and everything else Mm -hmm. around us, it's just a resource, but it's important- Hear me when I say this, parents, it's important that you tap into those resources, those people that are around Mm -hmm. you, that can uplift you, encourage you, nurture you, pour into Mm -hmm. you, whether it's physically, Mm -hmm. emotionally, financially, spiritually, whatever that is, don't Mm -hmm. think because you've had a pocket in parenthood, in your life, honestly, that you are removed from receiving God's grace, his mercy, his love by way of people. I wanted to just insert right. that message there because I want you all to understand her story is very powerful. It's also full of resilience. But there's someone that's going to listen that's going to be like, I resonate with that, but I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how to really tap into community. Dominique, if you could just, you know, share a little bit about what it looks like to tap into community, um types of community, whether it's mental health whatever that looks mm-hmm. like um share
1: something with employees yes absolutely um I will always advocate for therapy i always will um you've you've ha- you have to have someone that you're not connected to that that'll be non biased and so I will always advocate for therapy and I am a coach as well, so let me just say this. Getting a coach is not the same thing. You need an actual licensed therapist. And I'm not talking about a pastor. And listen, I love God, but I'm not talking about a pastor. If your pastor does not have a clinical background, that's not the person you need to be going to. You And I'm not saying that that can't be a support. I'm just saying I advocate for counseling. I advocate for therapy. You need a licensed therapist, a non-biased person who does not know you as a support system. And you can have your pastor as a support to get biblical counseling. You can have friends, you can have family. It is, But it is important. It was a tough lesson for me because I always, even though I had a big family, I always felt like I grew up by myself because that being set apart stuff is real, you know? And so the hardest thing for me, because that built up a lot of pride within me to where I will succeed. Like I would, listen, Ashley, I would put so much energy into succeeding because I felt like I couldn't fail because I didn't have a community. And so when I did so say fail, The hardest thing for me to do was open my mouth and ask for help. And I had no choice because I didn't have anything. And so I would suggest that people do the total opposite. Build connections and build relationships in your everyday life. That way, when something happens, your community is going to back you. Now, I did have a community, but I didn't really get a backing. Most people turn their backs on me when I lost everything, you know, but I understand because I'm private, I'm very private. And so I'm not speaking negatively about the community that turned their backs on me because I look put together, you know? So even in losing everything, I didn't literally had nothing. I didn't look (laughs) like I lost everything. (laughs) <laughs> and so I just learned a tough lesson that my pride stopped me from having authentic people that really wanted to step up to the plate when I had nothing. So get you a team. I I, I have a team now. You have pastors that can pour into you spiritually, you have therapists that can assist you with whatever childhood trauma you've had and helping you to connect the dots from you know childhood adolescence adulthood and who you are now you know you can have a coach that's 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 assisting you as well you can have like people in your connections like maybe other entrepreneurs or if you're in a career other people that's in the same career as in you you can have family supports but what you need is a true support system because what you're going to learn is I don't care how tough you are, I don't care how strong you are, I don't care how well prepared you are, I don't care how organized you are when the rug gets pulled from under you you're going to need a support system and I don't and I don't necessarily mean like the physical rug you may not lose everything you know but What if you're at a a time in your life where you're not your best mentally and the rug gets pulled out? Who's going to pour back into you? You may not lose everything mentally. What if you are grieving? You lose somebody that was in your support system, community group. You're going to need somebody. To pour back into you. You're going to need to understand that you know, maybe celebrate the person's life versus grieving their debt. It's it's so many things that you're going to need. But the whole point I'm trying to make is before life gets challenging, make sure at the highest of the highs in your life you have a solid support system in place because we all need community. We are human beings meaning we need other people in order to be complete whether we want to admit it or not we need other people we can't do life by ourselves get you a strong and solid community and support system in place so that when the rug gets pulled from under you in any area of your life you're able to be refilled and get back on track
0: Yes. Listen, community is everything. I always, I always talk about this, especially yep. in the community that I have built um, under the Parent Network Mama's Lounge membership. Like we meet relationships. We were designed, we, we were wired to be relational human beings and through the things in life. Sometimes that wiring gets a little fried and we have to learn how to rewire that area, that component mm-hmm. of us. And so as Dominique said, I am an advocate for Jesus and therapy. They go hand in hand. If you don't believe in Jesus, get you some therapy. And yes. my prayer is that you will find him because he loves you, number one. And there's nothing that you can do. This is in Romans that can separate you from his love. And so Hello. here at the Parent Network, We're building community for parents, not just for moms, but for dads as well. And I just love, you know, the building phase and the journey of that. And so now we're going to hear ways that you can connect with Dominique. Because as you heard, she is a licensed clinical mental health counselor. And she is also a confident coach. And so she's going to tell us how we can Follow her, how you can tap in to the resources that she has. But before we do that, Dominique, I'm going to ask you this one question. Give us just one thing that you can share, that you can leave with mom and dad on this pocket pivot of parenthood. Share one thing.
1: Mm, Be vulnerable with your kids. Bing, 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 (laughs) bing. And the reason why I'm saying that is because both male and female parent, be vulnerable with your kids. Um, A lot of us think that because there are kids, they don't know things. They don't sense things. They don't understand things. Our kids know us. Yeah. (laughs) And so... We're having a bad day. We're having the best day of our lives. Our kids see us pivot. (laughs) They see it. And so even if they don't ask questions, what you will notice is your kids will try to match who you are. Mm -hmm. To try to stay in alignment with who you are. Because they don't know what's happening, but they know something has happened. You know? And so be vulnerable and have conversations yeah. so that your kids can understand and this and this is a part of the spiritual emotional and mental development don't hide from them what you're experiencing yeah. be vulnerable and the reason why this is so important is because once it teaches them how to maintain and manage tough our positive situations because we are, you know, we we multi-dimensional people, beings. And so if if they're watching us and they understand what something shifts enough to know that they need to shift so that they can be in alignment with us, then we need to be intentional about yeah. teaching them about the different emotions and how they should feel when they experience certain emotions and how to process certain emotions when they feel it and and create steps to be able to overcome in the tough situations, but also create a a an a welcoming space to positive things so that we don't downplay the yeah. great things so my biggest thing is be vulnerable because they understand they understand they're resilient they It's just their age, but they're people too. (laughs) So just be open and honest with those kids because don't leave them blinded to your experiences. It's not about um, being in grown folks' business. They're, They're tiny humans and they go through stuff as well. And so they need to be taught how to overcome. They need to be taught how to process. They need to be taught... What to do when they're feeling sad. They need yes. to be taught how to process being happy. You know, it's just be vulnerable and, and lead by example, but make sure you're being intentional about teaching them.
0: I love that the mental health expert, y'all, was in the building <laughs> on today because it is important. <laughs> That we are vulnerable with our children leading through vulnerability is one of the strongest qualities that you can insert into the life of your child. And even if you never experienced it, even if you have not seen what it looks like, no emphasis on no, that it is within you to do it. We live in such a technology era where we can literally Google something and learn. YouTube University, there are free courses that you can take on Corsia where it's all all type of resources that we can tap into now as parents to model a different behavior, model something that is changing the trajectory of your life first and of your children's life. On the last episode in season one, I talked about experiencing grief and allowing (laughs) your children, to experience grief and what that looks like. And so she just tapped into so many things um, that has been talked about in the previous season. And I am so thankful for you, Dominique for just coming on, sharing your story, sharing your expertise. Now tell us how we can
1: follow you, how we can find you. Okay. So I am on Facebook, Instagram, and tiktok instagram i am the chic that's c-h-i-c underscore therapist and on facebook i have the chic therapist on tiktok i have the chic therapist so you can find me um those places as well but you can also follow my uh, personal page Dominique horton as well so those are the um social media that I have. Now I do have a Twitter, but I can't change my name and I'm not about to create no whole new page. But I was in. It. <laughs> I don't I'm too embarrassed to tell y'all what my handle is. <laughs> because I made it when I was in college, undergrad. Uh, so listen, I listen, was- I
0: have an email address that I made when I was in high school and it's still very much active. Today Q cutie pie two nine eight six Don't ask me what the 2986 stands for because it was just something that was there. Don't trip. We understand. All of her information is going to be in the description of this episode so you can follow her. Um, You can head over to the platforms that she's on and connect with her. Again, Dominique, we thank you so much for being on today's episode. Y'all already know what time it is. It's outro time, okay? If you want to connect with the parent network, the link for all of the resources will be linked in the description. There's so much that's going to be rolling out under the parent network because I have a heart for parents. I have a heart for building community. It's important that we stay connected in this journey of parenthood because it is one of the most beautifully Crafted chaotic relationships that you can ever experience, but it is so much better when you have people that can relate to you. So, until next time, y'all.